Friday, March 23rd, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City. That is right. I am here in Denver, Colorado. You know, we get together every single weekday. We talk sports, hopefully with a dose of common sense, maybe just a little bit of sarcasm. Try not to take any of this stuff in sports too seriously. We are very happy to have you here with us today. Happy Friday to you. We have made it to another Friday. I hope in some small way we have helped you get through your work week a little bit. Hey, if you'd like to contact us, let us know how it is you are doing on this Friday. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or feel free to go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. We do send out some messages. We do send out some tweets. We do post on Facebook. We put a link to the podcast there every day. Every once in a while, we might put something else up there, but you can check us out over on Facebook or Twitter. Maybe you've got a question. Maybe you have a comment or a suggestion, whatever it might be. We would love to hear from you. Feel free to drop us a line at any of those places. We have a lot to get to today. We do have some breaking news we want to talk about. Of course, the Sweet 16 began last night. Some very, very interesting games. We do want to discuss those games a little bit. We are going to preview the weekend in sports. And as we do every single Friday, we will have our Daily Dose Top 5, you know, a staple of the show. We've been doing the Daily Dose Top 5 ever since we started the radio show back in the day. Always a very popular segment on the show. If I am going to hear from people, it is usually about the Daily Dose Top 5. You just never know which way it's going to go. It has a mind of its own. I don't control the Daily Dose Top 5 like you might think I do. Trust me, it just goes in its own direction. I just try to hold on for dear life. So you know that you need to stick around for that. But first, we do have a major announcement that I need everyone to hear right here, right now. Okay, I'll be very, very transparent. I am struggling with making this announcement, but it has to be done. We are going to do something that we have never done in the history of the Daily Dose. You know, since we started the podcast back in 2014, we have released a new show every single week. Or since we have, you know, switched to the daily show, aside from my holidays, we have released a show every single day. We've never missed a show. Just doesn't happen. But on this coming Monday, Monday the 26th, we are going to miss a show. What? Oh, I know. I know. In fact, mm, hesitate to say this. We're going to miss a few shows. We are going to miss a week of shows. We here at The Daily Dose are taking off an entire week. Yes, yes, The Daily Dose children are going to be on spring break, and I am going to be spending some time with them. So, for the very first time in the history of this show, I'm sorry, we are not going to be posting anything new next week. Now, never fear. There are over 230 episodes of The Daily Dose available Wherever it is that you listen, just go to wherever it is that you listen. Go find an old show. There are plenty of shows over there. Feel free to go back and listen to whichever ones you want. It's just a week, and I won't even lie. It bothers me to take this week off. It just does, because I feel like I owe it to you guys. If you all listen, I feel like I owe it to you to give you a show. So I'm struggling a little bit with it. Taking a week off, you know, it's just a week. 
We will be back on April 2nd with brand new episodes, bringing you our very own brand of sports and sarcasm, just the way you like it. But we are going to be taking next week off. There, I said it. It had to be said, and I said it. Okay, now, moving on. You know, before we get to those Sweet 16 games last night, we do have a little bit of sports news that we've got to get to. First off in the NFL, the New York Giants are trading defensive end Jason Pierre-Paul and a 2018 fourth-round pick to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the Bucks' 2018 third-round pick and fourth-round pick. Now, Pierre-Paul is a two-time Pro Bowler. He had 68 tackles. He had eight sacks. He had two forced fumbles for the Giants in 2017. And that came after he signed a four-year, $62 million deal last offseason. Now, Pierre-Paul has had some injury issues, of course. And with that in mind, I do give the Giants a big thumbs up for this move. Oh, Oh, come on. Come on, it wasn't that bad. A third and a fourth for a guy that is missing his third and his fourth digits? That's a steal, my friends. That's a pretty good deal for the Giants to get anything, and it's a decent deal for Tampa Bay, who is trying to beef up that defensive line as well. Something else coming out in the world of news in college basketball. Dan Hurley has been named the new men's basketball coach at the University of Connecticut, the school announced on Thursday. Hurley's 45. He's going to be replacing Kevin Ollie, who was fired by the Huskies earlier this month after his fourth subpar season. Now, Hurley informed his team of the decision to take the job early Thursday morning. He took over a Rhode Island program six seasons ago, and he's taken the Rams to the NCAA tournament in the past two years. But here is one word of caution that I will throw out to Dan Hurley. Just keep this one thing in mind, Daniel Hurley. Kevin Ollie won a title just four years ago, and they just canned him. So you better get busy. You better get those recruits because Kevin Ollie didn't get those recruits, and that's what ultimately cost him. When you coach at the same school as Gino Oriema, and he just wins a title like every single year, every other year, whatever it is. You look like a huge loser only winning one. So be careful, Mr. Hurley. You could be on thin ice just starting off. Better do some good things at Connecticut. They have some high demands when you're standing next to Gino Ariema. You're going to look bad by comparison. Just kind of throw that out there. Like I said, the NCAA Tournament Sweet 16 games did start off last night, and we had some really, really interesting games taking place last night in the four games that we saw. First game up was a good one, as somehow the Loyola Chicago Ramblers, a number 11 seed, they are moving on to the Elite Eight. You know, I really like the way Loyola plays. I'm not taking anything away from Loyola, understand that. But I did see some things from Nevada throughout that game just kind of had me scratching my head a little bit. And I'm not questioning Eric Musselman. He's a very, very good coach. But too much ISO ball, too much individual ball resulted in some really, really poor shot selection, especially in the first half we saw that. Some really bad shots where you're just looking at Nevada going, what is it you're seeing there? Because I don't see the same good shot that you think you're taking there. But then, with the game on the line, they have to get a stop. They are down one with seconds remaining. Loyola Chicago drives into the lane. And with the game on the line, Nevada helps from the ball side, runs away from a shooter 
which allows Loyola to kick to the corner for the shots. Loyola splashes the three and goes on to win the game. Hey, great game for Loyola Chicago. Got to be happy for them, right? Who saw a number 11 seed like them going as far as they've gone, but did see some things about Nevada. Had me just kind of confused about a few things. Second game up, the Michigan Wolverines. They surprised me. They got their offense going in a big way. They scored 99 points on Texas A&M, the same team that just completely shut down North Carolina. But hey, Michigan finally found their shooting touch. They hit 14 three-pointers in this game. They shot 68%. In the second half, very, very impressive night by Michigan. I give John Beeline a lot of credit. You know, after that last game against Houston, he probably went in, had his guys' attention. They listened, and they made it look easy last night. Third game of the night, Kansas State versus Kentucky. And in all honesty, I was probably looking forward to this game the least of the four. Turned out to be one of the best of the four. I swear... I'm not trying to hate on either one of these schools or either one of these teams, but a lot of dribble, weave, handoff stuff, iso ball, I wasn't looking forward to it. This was a well-played, hard-fought game throughout the night. And, you know, I thought it was really, really interesting because with all of the young talent that was in this game, who took the biggest shot of the game? 6'3", junior, Barry Brown Jr. He showed all of the experience down the stretch He just kept coming up with big play after big play among all those talented freshmen. Even, you know, his own teammate, Xavier Sneed, who is only a sophomore, it was Barry Brown who came up with the big play in the clutch. K-State rolls on. Then in the final game, Florida State versus Gonzaga. I know Gonzaga was kind of a dark horse pick by a number of people. What can you say about Florida State? They played excellent defense. Gonzaga definitely missed their big man. Killian Tilly, who sat out with a hip injury, and that was a little bit tough, but that's not to take anything away from Florida State. Florida State moves on to the Elite Eight. They held Gonzaga to just 35% shooting from the field. Right now, in this Elite Eight, we have a number three seed, we have two number nine seeds, and we have an 11 seed. Hey, just like we all filled out in our brackets, right? Of course it is. Crazy, crazy season of March Madness this year. Hey, coming back, we will be previewing a very good weekend in sports as we are going to be starting with the NCAA tournament. The Sweet 16 will continue. And by the end of the weekend, we will be looking at the Elite Eight. But we have a few other things going on this weekend that you're going to want to make sure that you check out. It should be a pretty solid weekend to spend in front of your TV. We'll get to all that when we get back. You know, we do this every single week. We take a look at some of the upcoming events over the weekend because, like we've said, you have a lot to do. As you're finishing up your work week right now, trying to finish up work, trying to get things done, trying to plan what you're going to be doing this weekend. And so what we like to do is we like to just remind you of some of the sporting events that are coming up over the weekend that you can sit there and say, okay, hey, Saturday morning, might want to pencil this in. Saturday evening, make sure I'm near a TV for this. Sunday morning, there's going to be a good game here. We just try to give you those heads up because then you can kind of see some of those things coming up that you might not have known unless you just happened upon them. And of course, now, not only are we previewing the games, we do also try to pick the games and then we see how we do with our picks. Now, last week, we had Coach Russ McKinstry on, so we didn't do our picks. 
the previous week. That didn't go so well. We're just going to act like that never happened. Remember, we don't pick the games that are going to be easy picks. That's not what we do. We pick the games that are worth watching. So it's not easy to do. I could go out and just pick favorites every single time. We pick the games that are actually worth watching, and then we try to pick who is going to win them. Again, it's not easy to do, but we do it for you. We're in the business of helping people. Now, if you are so inclined to lay money on these picks, you're probably going to make some money. But again, we didn't send you if you lose that money. We only sent you if you won that money. If you lost that money, you never heard from us. And remember, all times given are mountain time zone, so adjust accordingly as you need to. But here are some games that are coming up. First off, starting off tonight, we continue the Sweet 16. At 5 p.m. tonight, we've got number five Clemson versus number one Kansas. You know, you look at those two names on this matchup and you say, hey, Clemson has no shot. I mean, it's Clemson. It's Kansas. This isn't football. Don't believe that hype because Clemson can play with anyone. The key for them is they just need to keep shooting the ball like they have in those first two games. But playing in Omaha against Kansas, it's not going to be easy because that's basically a home game for the Jayhawks. Here is one thing to kind of keep in mind as we see this matchup. Kansas has allowed teams to shoot the ball reasonably well. If they allow Clemson to shoot the ball well, this game's going to be a lot more interesting than what people might think. Now, Kansas is winning games right now because they just have better players than the teams that they face so far. Of course, they have better players than Penn, but they just had better players than Seton Hall. Now, they had better start playing better perimeter defense, like I said, which they haven't done so far because Clemson will make them pay if they don't do that. I'm just not sure that Clemson has anyone good enough to match up with Kansas guard Devontae Graham. And he is carrying Kansas right now. For that reason, and playing what is basically going to be a home game, I will take Kansas, but I will not be surprised to see Clemson give them all they want, especially, again, if they let them shoot the ball. In our second game of the night, again, got an interesting matchup. We've got number five West Virginia versus number one Villanova. Here is the question I have. Will Villanova finally get a game? Because they are just plowing through every single opponent. They beat Radford by 26 in the first round. They say, well, yeah, who cares? That's Radford. But then they beat Alabama by 23 in the second round. The problem for opposing teams is that Villanova is shooting the three at 46% in this tournament. Now, if there is a weakness to this Villanova team, it is that they don't really have a true post presence. But sometimes they'll put guard Jalen Brunson down there and he can do some damage if needed. But it's not like they have a real big inside presence. The thing for Nova, they just share the ball. They get good, smart looks offensively. To me, right now, they look like the best team in this tournament. On the other side, I fully expect West Virginia to try to give Villanova a number of different looks defensively. They're going to throw presses at them. They're going to throw matchup stuff at them. They're going to try to do anything they can to slow them down. Look for them to try to protect the rim, to try to harass Nova's guards as much as possible. The problem for West Virginia is I just think Villanova's guards are too good. They will adjust accordingly. They're not going to care about that pressure. They're going to attack that pressure, and I think they're going to have success. I look for Villanova to win this, and we'll just see if Villanova can get a close game. Third matchup tonight in College Hoops, we have number 11 Syracuse versus number 2 Duke. 
We've got the Syracuse 2-3 zone versus the Duke, well, 2-3 zone. Because Duke had to change their defense and start playing Jim Beheim's 2-3 to hide their poor defensive fundamentals. But here's the thing. They're actually pretty good at it. Because one, of course, Coach K is a really good teacher. But two, this Duke team is so long and so athletic, they take up a ton of space in the zone. They don't give you good looks. Everything seems to have a hand in your face. Now, Marvin Bagley, one of the best players in the country, we all know that. But you know, Wendell Carter might be one of the most underrated players in the country. And he changes Duke so much. And then Grayson Allen, you know, when he has his head on straight, he's not trying to trip people. He can be a deadly shooter. He can also attack you off the dribble, hurt people a lot more, I think, than people think he can. He's more athletic than you might think. He might look like Ted Cruz. He doesn't actually play like Ted Cruz. (laughs) Meanwhile, I have no idea how Syracuse is even here, but they are. They can't score. They're trying to hide some of their players' fouls in that 2-3 zone. It still doesn't always work. I don't think they're that great defensively, but I'll give the Orange this. They won't go away. That is a tough group. They are resourceful. Just when you think you have them beaten, I I don't know how, but they somehow manage to hang in the game and beat you. They do have experience. And one thing that could be an advantage for Syracuse, as weird as this sounds, they have experience playing against this zone every single day in practice. They've been doing it their entire college career up at Syracuse. So maybe Syracuse can keep it close. Maybe they just won't go away. I don't know. I'll take Duke. I hope it isn't a blowout. Finally, we have our final game on Friday night, 8 p.m. Number three, Texas Tech versus number two, Purdue. I think this could be the best game of the night. They are saying that Purdue big man, Eric Haas, is trying to put on a sleeve on that broken elbow and actually play. I can't see how he would possibly be able to really give anything physically, to be able to grab anything, to have strength in that arm or to have the confidence in that arm. You use your elbows, you use your forearms, you use your shoulders so much as a post player. I just don't see how that would be possible. We'll see if he can do anything. But I'll say this, Purdue is good enough to win this game without him. But they will need to keep taking care of the ball, which they have done in this tournament. And they will need to keep shooting very, very well from long range the way, again, that they have done in this tournament so far. Do you realize that Purdue is shooting 44% from the three-point line in this tournament so far? Pretty impressive stuff. Now, on the other side, Texas Tech isn't really about shooting the ball from distance. It's not really what they do. But they have three guards that can get to the basket. They can break down opposing defenses. Remember last week, we talked to Russ McKinstry. And I asked him, what kind of teams are the toughest to prepare for? And he said, the teams that have the guards that can attack you off the dribble and get into the paint, because once they get into the paint, everything breaks down. Now I've got to slide help over. Now I've got to recover. Usually it's not the help. Usually it's the recover. It's the drive and it's the kick. It's the drive and the dish. Those kind of things break your defense down. And Texas Tech is very, very good at that. On the other side, they're really good defensively. They're not allowing teams to shoot the three very well. Everything you shoot against Texas Tech is going to be contested. And that's huge. So something is going to have to give here. This should be a really, really good game. I expect it to be a very, very tight game. You know, Texas Tech's defense, pretty good. It'll frustrate most guards. 
I just think Purdue's guards are pretty good. I'm actually going to take the Boilermakers in this one. I like them in this game. Now, if you're watching some of these college games and maybe one of them starts to become a blowout, at 8 p.m. on Friday, you might want to switch over and catch what could be a decent NBA game because at 8 p.m., we've got the Boston Celtics going to Portland to face the Trailblazers. You know, Portland finally lost the game the other night to the Houston Rockets, but they have won 15 of their last 17 games. Not only are they beating people, they're blowing people out. Portland is playing very, very well. Damian Lillard is at least putting his name out there for an MVP candidate. I know he's not going to win it, but his name's at least in the mix. Meanwhile, for Boston, Kyrie Irving still being bothered by those knees, but the Celtics did beat the Thunder earlier this week. I mean, I'll take the Blazers at home, but that might be a decent NBA game on your Friday night. Moving forward to Saturday. Saturday morning, if you don't feel like watching only the men's hoops games, if you want to watch a little bit of the women's college basketball tournament, give you a decent game to watch. At 11.30 a.m., you have number five Duke versus number one UConn. Now, everyone is trying to act like we don't know how the women's tournament's going to end up. I don't watch enough women's hoops. I'll watch it here or there. I'll watch a spot of it. Just if I happen to see it on, I'll stop and pause on a little bit and watch it for a few minutes. Here is my rule of thumb. I just take Connecticut every year and I'm usually right. Can Connecticut do it this year? Of course they can. And they will. Now, UConn didn't win it last year, so you can sit there and say, hey, just last year, Mississippi State knocked them off. Yes, but statistically, that just means that they kind of have to do it this year, doesn't it? They didn't win last year. Stands to reason they will win this year. Duke versus UConn might be a decent game. At least for a while, I expect UConn to pull away. Now, at some point on Saturday, we don't have the times quite yet, but at some point on Saturday, we will have that first set of Elite Eight games. First game that we're going to talk about right now is Kansas State versus Loyola Chicago. Like I said, these game times haven't been announced yet, but they will be on Saturday. Kansas State versus Loyola should be a tight game. Kansas State's defense and scrappiness versus Loyola's execution and just the veteran savvy that those guards have. Now, I don't expect Loyola to go without a fight. I really don't. But I just think at some point, they just don't have the athleticism that a team like Kansas State has. I think Kansas State is playing very, very well. I like the way they're playing defensively. They're getting contributions offensively from their guards. I think if you're looking at these two teams, they're kind of similar. I think K-State is just more of an athletic Loyola Chicago. Either way, who had either one of these teams going to the Final Four? Either Kansas State or Loyola Chicago is going to the Final Four. I will take K-State, hoping for a close game. And then that second game of the Elite Eight on Saturday, Florida State versus Michigan. Hey, it is really, really tough right now to go against Florida State as well as they're playing. They just shut down a really good Gonzaga team. That is no small task. Don't forget, Gonzaga was plowing through a number of teams this year outside of conference, not just in that Western conference that they play in. Outside of the conference, they played some really, really talented teams and beat them. Florida State shut them down. All the credit in the world to Florida State. But it just is starting to look like John Beeline. He seems to have something special going on at Michigan. The defense that they play, we knew they were pretty good defensively. The toughness that they show, the way that they are 
unafraid to go make the difficult, tough physical plays, but then to come out last night showing some offense that we haven't seen in quite a while. Hey, I'm going to take Michigan to get to the Final Four. I like the way that they're playing, but those Elite Eight games will take place on Saturday. Okay, as we move to Saturday evening, now I'm going to be watching you know, the Elite Eight games, and I think they're going to be very, very good, but I'll tell you this right now. At 6 p.m., I will have to switch over and watch a little bit of the NBA because at 6 p.m., we have two of the hottest teams in the league going at each other. 6 p.m., Saturday night, we have the New Orleans Hornets going to Houston to face the Rockets. Think about what these two teams are doing right now. We talked about Portland earlier and how hot they are. Houston has won 25 of their last 29 games. Like we've said before, they're doing it at both ends of the floor. It used to be, yes, we know they can score, but they can't stop anyone, so who cares? They can play a little bit of defense now. That's a pretty complete team. Clint Capella completely changes the way that team looks defensively. On the other side, you have the New Orleans Hornets who have won 14 of their last 18 games. And for whatever reason, they're playing better without DeMarcus Cousins. Anthony Davis, another guy putting his name out there for the MVP. We all know James Harden's going to get it. But Anthony Davis is at least putting his name in the mix. This could easily be a playoff preview in the NBA. I'm going to take Houston at home, but this should be a very, very good one on Saturday night. Moving forward to Sunday. Now, we're going to have Elite Eight games on Sunday, depending upon who wins the games tonight. We've got Villanova or West Virginia versus Texas Tech or Purdue. Either way, you're going to get a pretty solid game there. You've also got Kansas or Clemson, whoever wins tonight, versus Syracuse or Duke. Again, not a bad weekend for college basketball. One of my favorite weekends in college basketball. The Sweet 16 and Elite Eight, we just usually get good, competitive, tight games. That should be fun. But if you're not in the mood to watch college hoops, or maybe you just want to flip over and catch something a little bit different, you could always try at least to catch a race. At noon, on Sunday, NASCAR goes to Martinsville. You know, if you like small track racing, NASCAR is going to be at Martinsville Speedway in Virginia on Sunday. Now, here's the thing. They are actually saying that Virginia could be getting some snow back in that part of the country over the weekend. So, I mean, who knows if this race is actually going to take place. Now, if NASCAR would like to entertain us, just throwing out ideas here, just show us the traffic cameras of Southerners trying to drive in that snow. <laughs> I mean, that is what I want to see. That's entertainment there. You're going to get wrecks. You're going to get driver fights. It's exactly what NASCAR stands for. Just show the traffic cameras back there. I'm telling you, we just try to help people here at the Daily Dose. Finishing out our weekend, Sunday night, we have a pretty decent NBA game to finish out the weekend with. We've got the Utah Jazz going to the Golden State Warriors at 6.30 p.m. on Sunday night. Again, not bad. Utah lost a weird game earlier this week to Atlanta. But hey, the Jazz are playing really, really well. Of course, they play very, very good defense. As we go to the postseason, Utah is going to be a fun team to watch. They are catching a banged-up Warriors team that is trying to get healthy. Now, they're saying that Steph will be back. Clay shouldn't be back, though. We'll see about Draymond. We'll see about Iguodala. You know, the biggest thing I want to see from Golden State as we get down the stretch here, 
I want to see them start to look interested. I want to see them start to look invested like they care because for most of this season, they haven't looked like they really care that much. And I understand it. They've gone through this grind too many times and they've won the title. So they know what it's all about. But you have to be careful about trying to flip that switch. Sometimes it's hard to get that switch back on if you've turned it off. I'll take Golden State at home in this game. Be very careful, Golden State. Utah could come in and steal one from you. Hey, that is our weekend. Again, pretty solid weekend. A lot of good college basketball. There's going to be a lot of women's games on there that we didn't get to. But a pretty solid weekend overall of sports for you to tune in for. Hey, coming back, we will get to our Daily Dose Top 5. Like I said earlier, we are getting ready to take a week off next week. Spending the week with the kids for spring break. Now, I'm going to give you just a little bit of a hint of some of the things that I'll be doing on that week when we get back. Just a quick reminder, if you have any shopping that you might need to do, just head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles featuring your favorite TV shows, movies, and video games. April's Loot Crate theme is called Artifacts, and it features items from Marvel Comics, Lord of the Rings, The Legend of Zelda, and The Dark Crystal. But hey, if none of those franchises interest you, head over to Loot Crate because I promise you they have some over there that will, and they have just about any kind of items you can think of. From clothes to things for your pets to things for your house, you name it, they have it. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, make sure you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order. And hey, who doesn't like to save a little bit of money? Make sure that you head over to LootCrate.com. Now, as we do every single week, we have got to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. Like I said, next week, for the first time in Daily Dose history, we are going to be taking a few days off from doing the podcast. Going to spend some time with family, going to rest a little bit, going to recharge those batteries, as we all say. Got to take just a little bit of a break, kind of get ready for what is going to be a little bit of a slow season before we get back to being super busy again, right? Remember, there's nothing about you that I want to take a break from. It's me. But like I said, there are over 200 episodes of The Daily Dose available wherever you listen. So feel free to peruse through all of those archives next week. We will be back the following week on April 2nd. But in the meantime, you might have to go check out some of the older episodes that are up of the Daily Dose. But if you are kind of wondering, what is it that Clint's going to be doing on his week off? Today on the Daily Dose, I am going to count down the top five things that I will be doing next week. Are you ready? Number five on our list. Five. First thing that I'm going to be doing, I don't know if this is really anybody's business, but one of the things that I'll be doing, sitting outside of Tim Tebow's house taking pictures. I don't know why that's such a big deal. I mean, that's what I do most every single week. Why is that a big deal that I'm going to be doing it next week? I just have a little more time. It's not a big deal. That comes in at number five. Number four on our list, things I'll be doing next week on my week off. I'm going to have to do this. I really have to start focusing some more time on my other podcast. It's called King James, a daily look at why LeBron James is the greatest basketball player ever. That'll be number four. Number three on our list, things that I'll be doing next week on my week off. Okay, I shouldn't tell anybody this, but I'm kind of planning an elaborate April Fool's Day prank involving Tanya Harding and a chainsaw. 
Just keep that between us, okay? That's a little bit of a secret. Moving on to number two on our list, what I'll be doing next week. Spending a romantic weekend with my son. What? Wait, no, that's, sorry, my bad. That's actually taken off of Tom Brady's top five things he'll be doing next week. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that's my bad. That's my bad, that's on me. That's not what I'll be doing, more so what he'll be doing. And the number one thing that I will be doing next week with my time off standing outside John Elway's house, reading all of his bad draft picks out loud. Here's the problem. I'm not sure that one week is going to be enough time. Hey, it is Friday and we made it through another week. Like I said, I will be off next week for spring break, but we will be back on Monday, April 2nd, just in time to preview the NCAA championship game. And that's not all bad. Plus, we will be recapping all of the latest sports news and happenings. So just don't forget about us. Don't forget we will be back April 2nd. Hey, I want to thank all of you for listening to The Daily Dose every day. I hope you are enjoying the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for sharing the show. Thank you for subscribing to the show. Thank you for shopping at Loot Crate. All of the above. It is all very, very appreciated. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. Have a great weekend. Have a great next week. And I will see you on April 2nd.